Welcome to the Cult of the Clock Tower. I am Andrew Nathanson. Every other week, a special guest and I have an in-depth discussion about a character from the game Blood on the Clock Tower. Today's character is the courtier, or courtier, I'm still not really sure how to pronounce it, whose ability reads, once per game, at night, choose a character. They are drunk for three nights and three days. Welcome back, everybody, to the show. Today we're going to be talking about the courtier, or courtier, or however you want to say it. Uh, and joining me to talk about that is, for the third time, the game's creator, Stephen Medway. Hey, Stephen, how are you doing? Hello. Uh, how are you doing? I'm doing pretty well. Courtier, I'm very excited to talk to you about uh, the courtier. This is one of my favorite characters. I, I mean, I, I think there's a lot to talk about in terms of like the game design around it. Do you have any initial thoughts on like why you wanted to talk about courtier or courtier? How do you pronounce courtier, by the way? Uh, I... <laughs> I've learnt a lot of how to pronounce things by reading books and just making things up. So I pronounce it courtier, like as if it's a court that's in the air, courtier. (laughs) That's how I pronounce it. That may be wrong. It's like you walk into a room where some people are having like a intense like argument or something and they're like that sounds like they're having like a legal argument and it's like oh man there's some real courtier in here. Yeah. I'm not. I'm not laughing with you. I'm laughing at you. <laughs> that was. That was. That was pretty stale. Yeah. Well, at least yeah. it, it wasn't. Yeah. It wasn't no, I. I also air. noticed the pause. Uh. I know. I noticed the pause after my stale joke as well. <laughs> no, it's um. No, I just. I just. I. I like the. I like the sort of airy, fluffy sound of it. It's, <laughs> yeah. Uh, yeah. It's, it's I, nice. I don't even know how I pronounce it. I just kind of fluctuate on a lot of different things, and probably every time I say it, it's going to be slightly different. Uh, just, just as a warning to you and the listener, I'm not at all consistent on how I say the word courtier or courtier. Uh, um, I'm not. Yeah, I'm not too. I'm not too fussed about pronunciation. Um, in others, at least, like there's a lot. There's a lot of characters that have. I'm not too fussed how others pronounce it. Like I pronounce the puka, the puka. Some others pronounce it the puka or the pucker, and to me it's the courtier. <laughs> All right. So let's start with section zero of the podcast, which is a brief overview of how to run the courtier um, for anyone who isn't familiar and common mistakes that might be made. Um, so first of all, the, the courtier wakes every night near the start of the night um, and chooses a character if they would like to. So they have the option. They could just shake their head no and go back to sleep. Uh, or they can indicate that they would like to use their ability and then point to a character on the character sheet. Uh, and this is a very important point, uh, <laughs> that the courtier drunks characters, not players. And that's something that I got wrong for like the first like 15 games of Bad Moon Rising I played or something like that. I'd imagine that's a... Is that something that you've heard is a common mistake? <laughs> that is... That's... Yeah, that's the probably the most common mistake on Bad Moon Rising. I imagine. Um, yeah, I, I think you're, you're, it's you're, like you're, if you're I had... not alone. You're, you're, you're definitely not alone. Um, often the mistake rears its head um, with evil players bluffing as courtier, and they get caught right. out by other players. So, like I, th- I always always recommend with any if uh, recommend to players that if you uh, don't if you're uncertain or you just don't know about how a character works, just talk to the storyteller. But yeah, it's um, anyone who doesn't. Uh, doesn't make that mistake is destined for great things it's it's very common 
Yeah, I think I think it's it's the sort of thing that comes where like a lot of players don't even realize that the almanacs exist at this point. Oh, really? Like it's something I've noticed online is that there will be a lot of people who are like, "Yeah, I've read the wiki, I have the character sheet," but like they haven't actually read the almanac. Um, and that was kind of how I was when I first started playing, because you know it's not like like people don't have the game in their hands yet. Um, I'm sure that'll be something that's much more obvious once you have the actual rule book in front of you. Um, yeah, that. Yeah, you, you, yeah. Get get the get the rule book. <laughs> really, it's it's like it's really helpful. <laughs> it, it it really is. Yeah. Uh, yeah, but yeah. I mean, like, yeah. When I first when I first started playing Bad Moon Rising, like we were just basically going off of the wiki and the character descriptions, and yeah, yeah. There was a lot of things we missed. Uh, <laughs> yeah, the 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 general idea is that uh, the the rule book is the rules. And the wiki is strategy advice and FAQs and edge cases and weird how to, yeah all, all the all the sort of weird extra stuff yeah and if if it's not already there um, I think the first thing that I'll do after this interview is write is add a add a bullet point to the courtier entry on the wiki because that is that is so common that when particularly when bluffing it's it's probably should be on the wiki to be honest. Yeah, I mean, I don't know. I don't know if there is one now, but at least back when I looked at it, I mean, maybe maybe there was. It's possible that I was just uh, <laughs> not thinking back then. That was like right when I first started playing the game, like two or three years ago at this point. But yeah, I mean, to be honest, it, the character almost works like that. Like the games weren't that bad. We had some still interesting games and stuff. <laughs> um, oh, cool. That's just a lovely quote. I might put that on the second edition. Not that bad. <laughs> I played. I played it a few years ago, and the games were not that bad. Two, it's not that bad. Not that bad. Stars. When you make when you get the rules wrong, it's still not that bad. You got to add the full context. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Quote. It's, 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 it's not. It's 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 not even. It's not even. It's not even half as bad as I thought it would be. It's, it's not great. <laughs> Um, yeah, the the downs the downside for the courtier is that that uh, you you choose a character, not a player. The upside um, to that is that I think uh, choosing choosing a character is a hell of a lot more fun. Uh, most I agree. most um, when you when you choose a player, that's what most other uh, characters do. And when you choose a player, you don't know you know you're you know you're choosing a player, but you're not you don't know exactly what effect you're going to have. For example, if you're the po- if you're the poisoner, you you don't know if your ability has hit hit the mark or not. You don't know if you've hit a saint or if you've hit a fortune teller. You're just not certain. But with courtier, getting getting to choose a character is it's powerful. You and it's also just it's really interesting and really fun. Um, and I. I guess that's why I like it so much is that you get to you you get to do something that no other char- no other character in the game to my knowledge uh at least of the release characters gets to do and instead of instead of choosing a instead of choosing a player and hoping that you chose wisely you choose a character and if that character is in the game the effect that you were hoping for will happen and if that character is not in the game, then you can rule out that character. So it's it's a really interesting, really versatile, and it's just kind of fun. So that, that's why I like it. I agree. We should talk a little bit more about that. Uh, but let's finish up Section 0 real quick here first, which is sure, one last sure. 
rules thing that people should probably know going into the discussion is what happens if the courtier is poisoned or made drunk in the middle of the three days uh, of their of their po- of their drunkenness being applied, which is that it is temporarily suspended, right? Like, it, so if they're drunk or poisoned when they apply, when they when they first use their ability, nothing is applied to any character. If they successfully apply the drunkenness and then get drunk or poisoned for a night, it is temporarily suspended, but will come back once they're sober and healthy again. I I don't like to use the term suspended. It's just the way that I look at it is if you're if you're sober, if you're alive, sober and healthy, your ability works normally. As soon as you become drunk, your ability doesn't work anymore. As soon as you become yeah. poisoned, your ability doesn't work. As soon as you die, your ability doesn't work. That's that's why I've used the term what is it your you have you have no ability as opposed to as opposed to your ability has no effect. I just wanted to be clear on the similarity between drunkenness and death. Um, things get really tricky in Badman Rising because the, that drunkenness or poisoning can end. Um, I'll have to I'll have to check the rule book, but I'm fairly certain it's just if you're if you're the courtier and you use your ability, it has an effect, and then you become drunk. That effect um, as is suspended. <laughs> the term I don't like to use, <laughs> but um, um, th- that ability ends. And if you happen to become sober and healthy and alive again, um, then the, your ability continues as it was. Uh, this this is one of this is a really was a really really tricky rule to get right because it um, it's it's a rule that needs to apply to the courtier, to the puker, to the uh, professor, to any any kind of character that deals with deals with life and death or timed effects and it was a it was an enormous headache to get right so it, it makes sense with um some characters that hey i'm out drinking and then i sobered up and then i'm drinking again and it makes a little less sense where you know you poison someone and you die and then all, all of a sudden they get healthier which is <laughs> yeah i could probably come up with some reason for why that makes sense but just consistency is more important <laughs> But yeah, you, you you basically got it right. If you become drunk or poison, your ability is suspended or goes away. And if you if that if you become sober and healthy again, your ability comes back. You don't use your ability again; it just continues from where it left off. If that makes sense. Speaking of things that are for the sake of consistency, uh, but not necessarily as thematic, it's. I mean, I don't know if there's any if you have anything interesting to say about it other than basically just that, but. Uh, do you want to say anything about the change from like the courtier used to make uh, used to poison players? Now it makes them drunk. Uh, do you have any thoughts on the thematic? Yeah, reasons no, behind I, I that can tell or you. Just is consistency. It's it's not it's not a very interesting reason. <laughs> There's a reason <laughs> for it. Um, um, basically, I the original idea for drunkenness and poisoning was based on the drunk and the poisoner characters. And one of the earlier characters to to be created was the snake was the snake charmer, and the snake the snake charmer just sort of naturally it's snake charmer doesn't make people drunk you 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 poison people it's it's snake <laughs> right. themed, um, yeah. but generally I wanted I I did want to keep things not so much consistent as just just kind of fun. Like it's it's more fun it's more fun to be the drunk than to be poisoned by the poisoner just because of the 
the images and the feelings and the stories that mm-hmm. come out of that concept. Um, and I was getting a lot of questions about well, uh, why not why not make drunkenness and poisoning the same thing or at the same term or what's the difference between drunkenness or poisoning some characters drunk some characters poison and i just wanted to make all of the all of the good characters cause drunkenness all of the evil characters call cause poisoning basically ev- evil characters are venomous and malicious and poisoning is something you do to other people and getting drunk is something that you do to yourself or you do to or with your friends so that's <laughs> drunken drunkenness became a fun but unhelpful thing that you do to yourself and poisoning became a malicious thing that the enemy does the exception being the snake charmer um so courtier just and the the symbol was the symbol was very party-ish and just sort of suited drunkenness more but um it was a late change and it i don't think it was a particularly popular one but i'm I'm happy with it. I think it. Um, I think it suits the character. Yeah, I don't. I don't think it makes. I, I. I tend to still think of the courtier as poisoning, for some reason. Like it's maybe that's just because I how 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 I learned it. But obviously, it doesn't really have any mechanical like effect on the game. So it's not a prop. Uh, no problem with me thinking of it like that. <laughs> I was. I was experimenting with some characters that treat drunkenness and poisoning differently like i think the original king couldn't be poisoned the the king Mm. could be drunk but couldn't be poisoned so you can you can get your your friend the king you can get drunk but the king (laughs) cannot is not susceptible to enemy action that sounds like the sort of thing that would be kind of messy in practice like in the game i don't know if i i would feel kind of like constantly second guessing like wait is this is this a poisoning effect is this a (laughs) Yeah, and it's, it's, to be honest, it just um, it just wasn't necessary. Like as soon as you, as soon as you limit what types of abilities a character can interact with, you limit what scripts can be built, and That's you true. limit what characters will interact in a fun way. And it's just it's just it's just better to have as many characters interacting with as many other characters in 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 as many different ways as possible. So I just got rid of that idea. It's, it's like one of those cool, oh, that sounds cool, but it's actually just better to get rid of it. Yeah, I think I think that makes sense. Certainly, I think that having the thematic words for those, the two different effects, I mean, for the same effect, but like in a different context, I think having the thematic words helps helps to kind of convey convey the meaning that you're going for there. So there's a lot to talk about with Courtier in terms of like strategy and stuff. It's a it's a super interesting one. I I also wanted to talk about it a little bit more in the context of like game design because sure. this is as a once per game character that sometimes has like a drastic like game winning effect and sometimes does basically nothing. Huh. I was just wondering like how that how did how does that kind of fit in for you? Is there was there ever any kind of consideration for that? Like things like the slayer. It's like slayer and courtier if they're in the game they might just win you the game or they might do nothing. So it's like, what's your kind of just thinking around that from a game design perspective? Have you put any consideration into having that sort of balancing effect? Yeah, there's, there's a, there's a couple of, there's a couple of different considerations. Um, the, The first, the first one for every single character, the first one is fun. Is, is the character fun? Can, can the character be made more fun? Is the downside 
a pain in the butt or is it fun to is it is it fun to overcome and i've done my best to make the failure state of most characters still interesting so for example with the slayer if you use your ability and you ex- and you slay the demon and you win the game assuming that everyone has all of the rest of the good players have helped you in that decision that's fun and that's fun for everybody just sort of coming out of the blue and winning the game as the slayer is fun for the slayer but the rest of the good team doesn't really feel like they had a lot to do with it that's why i always say with the slayer um the storyteller should give let the let the group talk about who the slayer it's the slayer's decision but the group can talk about who the slayer should or shouldn't choose uh similar thing similar thing with courtier Courtier is deliberately on a script where the minions and the demons are not known. Uh, so instead of just... It's it's not meant to nullif- strictly nullify a character. For example, if if the Courtier was on the on a script with... Uh, so a witch, witch and Pit Hag and mm-hmm. Leviathan, the, the choice is very easy on what the Courtier should do. And that's... Even though you're getting more bang for your buck... It's actually less fun because it's, you've only got that one that one obvious thing that you should do and everyone will then know that you're the courtier. So one of the things that I think is fun about the courtier is you don't quite know when, if your ability has had the effect that you wanted it to, um, but that also... If it hasn't, that's information that you can use. So you're not just you're not just sort of left in the dark. So for example, comparing it to the Slayer, if you choose a player to slay and nothing happens, you haven't you you haven't just wasted your ability. Uh, that's a that's a bad feeling. Going oh I had a really cool ability and I just threw it away. You have information uh, as the Slayer. Yeah. You, you know that that player isn't the demon. You've learned something. So it's not ideal, but it's still something for you to work with. So with Courtier, there's there's a large incentive for you to choose a player, choose a character rather. <laughs> I just made the mistake. Uh, <laughs> choose, a, choose a character that is in the game, but you don't actually know what, for certain whether you've chosen a character that's in the game. So the rest of the the rest of the game, you're trying to figure out if you've had an effect or not, and that's interesting and that's more interesting than just throwing your ability away for example if if the courtier was written as such that um the storyteller told you whether whether you guessed a character that was in play or not and the and the storyteller said no uh you have used your ability uh and the character you've chosen is not in play sure you'd you'd learn something but that would be the bugger i missed the fact that you don't know means you still get to you still get to investigate and ask questions and notice what has changed. So I still think it's an interesting challenge, even if you do get it wrong. I think that 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 also kind of opens up the uh, opens up the courtier to some interesting strategic decisions. In particular, that like you often want to try to make the like you want to dr- make the character drunk that would be most detrimental to your team if they were in play and you don't necessarily care if they're in play that much because even if you miss you still like learn you still know that you're that you can rule out those worlds kind of where that character is still around and sober 
Yeah. And so it's like, it opens up strategic possibilities where it's like, maybe it's like, okay, we think there's probably, you know, a, a puka in play. But if there was a Shabaloth, it would be horrible. And we aren't completely sure there's not. So maybe I'll make the Shabaloth drunk. It's like if you're, you know, right on the end, yeah. you think yeah. the game's going to end soon or something. That that sort of thing, that that is opened up by the... Um, by the the failure state of the ability, yeah, you can you, you can use you can use Cordia to just rule out rule out a possibility. If you think that there's a if two players are dying or one to three players are dying each night, and you think this feels <laughs> like a Shabaloth game, you choose Shabaloth. Players keep dying. You know now either that there is a Shabaloth in play and the Shabaloth is poisoned, and therefore the deaths are happening for other reasons. Or there is no Shabaloth in play, and therefore the deaths are happening for other reasons. So you, you, you in effect, still get the same benefit. Yeah. Or another great example right. is um, Mastermind. Just if you're, if you're like 90, 90% of the uh, uh, people, 90% of the players, I think that have played Bad Moon Rising for the for the first time, and or maybe second time, and have um, seen seen the mastermind and just said nope <laughs> um knowing that either either you've poisoned the mastermind or there is no mastermind in play either way you just you just don't have to worry about the mastermind and that it's just a huge relief <laughs> to be honest speaking of the mastermind can i tell you about one of my favorite things that i've done in, in the clock tower that has to do with the courtier and the mastermind so, so i i was the mastermind in this game and I basically talked to the other minion, and I was like, hey, you just want to like try to get the demon executed right away and just see what happens? And yeah. we, we did this. That's, and that's, exactly, that's exactly correct. <laughs> yes, and, and we committed yeah. like enough to this that we eventually got the demon executed, but we weren't so effective that we got them executed right away. Yeah. And so by the time we actually got the demon executed, it was actually pretty late in the game. And, like, kind of everyone's worldview about what was happening was starting to narrow and, like, players were getting confirmed and stuff. Uh, and we were, and, and our demon was a Shabaloth. So we were like, how are we going to explain there being no deaths the next night? And we were just searching for different ways because we had kind of already committed to getting the demon executed. Uh, and so we were like, we need to figure out a way to explain the lack of deaths in the night. And we just couldn't come up with anything but eventually the demon got executed and we go into the next day and we're like oh we gotta we gotta say something completely crazy and then one of the good players who we weren't sure what they were was like oh by the way i'm the courtier and i chose the poe last night oh and we were just like oh that explains it it was they were just like we were desperate for something and then they gave us this golden gift uh and uh yeah, we managed to ride that one out to a victory. Yeah, <laughs> yeah I, th- I thought I thought you were going to say I was, and I've I've seen this, I've seen this in more than one game. I, what I thought you were going to say was, I was the mastermind, and we were campaigning to get the demon executed, <laughs> and we can we convinced the town, but the town just decided to execute the mastermind first. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> and then and then the, and then the next day when the town is following your previous advice to execute the demon you have, you have to backpedal like crazy so yeah it's like oh yeah, yeah now we've executed you so we know we can trust you a little bit more so sure yeah, we'll follow yeah, your yeah. advice <laughs> yeah it's um one of the 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 most interesting that thing that can happen in a this this is going to this is going to sound 
weird, I guess. But the most interesting thing that can happen in a Batman Rising game is no death, no deaths at night, because yeah. all of the good players that can prevent deaths come out of the woodwork, and all of the <laughs> evil play, all of the evil players are heavily incentivized to bluff as one of those characters. Was it a minstrel? Uh, did the courtier act? Was uh, was it a sailor and Zombul? Uh, was it was it just a Zombul because of the um, no deaths, no deaths or deaths yesterday? What happened? And so that that makes that makes courtier really really interesting. Even if the courtier got it wrong, because you may have ah uh, I chose the Poe, but the exorcist actually got the Shabaloth. Yeah, it's so you, that is actually kind of that's kind of a reason that like the courtier might want to uh, sometimes announce their uh, intentions before they use the ability. Obviously, that has its uh, its drawbacks, but like it's not like there's any characters that can kill the courtier before they use their ability. If the evil team has an assassin or something, then that could be problematic. But if if you announce what you're doing beforehand, that makes it so that the other players who might be potentially causing no deaths. Uh, aren't as suspicious of you when it suddenly happens. Because if you're bluffing Courtier, you can't always control when there's going to be a no-death night. So, like, it will seem less convenient to say it if you've broadcast your intentions beforehand, or even if you've just told, like, like one or two people. That's one of the big things that I've I've thought about with the Courtier, is that I, I almost always tell somebody before I use it. Some, sometimes I just don't get a chance to, and then I just, like, feel like I need to use it now, and I have a good idea of what I want to do with it, and then I'll just use it, but... I think that a lot of the time it's a pretty good idea to tell somebody just that it doesn't seem like that convenient excuse. Um, I'd probably recommend that under, under in most situations. Um, I mean, it's sort of the thing, like, it's kind of just the general, like, that's a fairly decent strategy for a lot of things in the game is just, like, tell somebody so that it doesn't seem like you're completely making it up later. Uh, yeah, I. It's um. you're opening yourself up to group opinion and if what you want to do differs from the group it can make you look more suspicious for example if you're fairly convinced that the that the pacifist is lying and what you really want to do is uh uh make the devil's advocate drunk tonight that's and you mm. and you tele- telegraph that to the group um if the group says that's a great idea do that um and then for the rest of the game there are no uh, all executions are successful and the players die. That that will make you look really good, and you've you've got the group on your side and the rest of it. But there's the there's the risk of the of the group disagreeing with you and saying, oh, I, "I actually would pref- I I would prefer if you take a punt at the demon." Um, so it's you can build trust that you were the courtier, but at the expense of having. I mean, you always do have total control over your, over your own choice, but um, you, you know what you know what I mean. Some, sometimes sometimes you dis- sometimes you disagree with the with the group, and sometimes you know best uh, because you know you know that you're the courtier, and yeah. the player that is giving you advice um, might be a, might be an evil player or might be a good player that just isn't convinced isn't convinced that you're the courtier. So that's true. Like a lot of the times, if I'm if I'm another player and. Like I, part of what I want to get out of the courtier using their ability is some way for me to believe them more, <laughs> and so that that might be different from what the courtier actually wants to do to have the biggest impact on the game, knowing that they themselves are the courtier. I I generally, 
I, I guess it comes down to personal taste and what the what you think the group is going to believe as well. And, and again, this isn't bluffing as the courtier. This is just being the courtier. So yeah. my my personal pre- preference is to is to take a punt without telling anyone. And if I'm successful, then reveal that I'm the courtier. For example, if I got the demon and if I if there were no deaths and I chose the demon that night, I th- I think it's a little more believable to come out to come out afterwards. But um, generally, generally you want to have as much information early as possible. So. I, I think I think the default strategy would be to announce beforehand and get get the group on side because the group may the group may have great advice and know a whole yeah, bunch of I stuff mean, that you it, that you don't. It depends also on what you're planning to. Uh, <laughs> once you broadcast what your intentions are, it kind of limits your choices a little bit because at that point, if you're not yeah. making the demon drunk, uh, then all of a sudden the demon knows who you are and can kill you. Of course, it could be a bluff. Um, I'm like maybe you like are pretending to be someone else's character, and they're the actual courtier. But it is like if if they believe you, you're opening yourself up to just getting your ability canceled by the demon killing you if you don't pick a demon. Yeah, uh, but it's like you don't have to be the courtier to say that though. You can be good. You can be the fool. <laughs> <laughs> you can you can be the fool and say, "Hey guys, I'm the courtier. Who do you think I should choose tonight?" And spend the whole day discussing who you should choose. And when there's no deaths at night. Say, I was the fool. It's <laughs> great. It's great. A, that, that is, yeah, yeah. <laughs> it, it is a um, pretty strong bluff for getting yourself killed, especially if you don't pick the demon. Oh yeah, it's 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 terrifying. It's it's uh, I think it's public enemy number one for the evil team, uh, and that yeah. makes it. It just it's just. It's one of those characters that when you're the courtier, you feel when you are that character, you feel you feel confused and over you feel confused and overwhelmed and not quite sure what to do. And when you're the evil team facing that good character, you're terrified because you you know for certain that that character will single-handedly out you your entire evil team and win the game. It's um it's yeah. a really, <laughs> it uh, the perceptions are very lopsided based on your alignment. I love characters like that. Those, it's, there's a lot of characters like that where it's like when you're playing it, you have no idea what's going on. But when you're playing yeah. against it, you feel like they have all the power. Uh, <laughs> those are really good characters. Yeah, yeah. That that's actually that was actually the um the core idea for the king. Or it's like the, the king doesn't oh, yeah. the king doesn't know anything. The king just sits there. <laughs> <laughs> but evil evil is just terrified of the king. So <laughs> it's um it's it's often really interesting after games when you you'll have um. You'll have uh, one player saying, "I, I didn't really feel like I had an impact on the game," and you'll have the entire other team saying, "Our entire <laughs> strategy was based around what what you did, were doing and not doing." <laughs> um, so it's yeah, and Cordier is definitely one of those characters. The other major factor in the Cordier having a failure state where nothing happens is just to make the character bluffable by evil. The, the Slayer, for example, doesn't just slay... If the Slayer slayed whoever they chose, it wouldn't be evil, uh, or at least the demon. You couldn't win the game if you were the demon bluffing as the Slayer because your ability would never work. So often often uh, failure states are designed just to be fun f- to bluff as and to be avoided for the good players. The the whole thing with like uh, a, like a player not realizing how scared the other team was of them. I had a game a couple of days ago, uh, Trouble Brewing, and 
the chef nominated the virgin died and they were like all right based on our positions and my information these are our top three evil candidates and they just called out the entire evil team and they had no idea but all the evil players are all of a sudden just like oh no and yeah, yeah. Um, you might be drunk yeah they managed <laughs> Uh, <laughs> yeah, <laughs> yeah but i think if, they managed to if... divert the attention somehow <laughs> yeah uh, <laughs> but it was just like in that moment the chef just completely called out the whole evil team and <laughs> they had no idea <laughs> yeah it's um it's it's um it's it's interesting when the evil team looks at that as looks at that one good player that has either figured it out or has just such a crucial ability it feels a little it feels a little more unfair, I think, when it's the other way around, when you've got the whole good team deciding whether or not to execute the goblin. And I think that's due to the fact that when the when the good team feels like things are a little unfair, the good team will let you know. <laughs> and when the evil <laughs> team feels like things are a little unfair, they, they're not allowed to say anything. <laughs> if they say anything, they get outed. So... Um... Yeah, Cordier is Cordier is definitely one that you need to you need to if if you're evil, you need to plan your game around that character whether or not that character is in the game. Uh you you need to know. It's um it's similar yeah. similar to the mayor uh in uh, Trouble Brewing or perhaps yeah, perhaps Ravenkeeper. You just you, you just you just need to know. So, going back to a bit of strategy, do you have any preferred strategies for playing the courtier? Like, do you typically try to use it as early as you can to have the most impact, or are you do you prefer to wait with it uh, and try to like suss out the best time to use it and the most ideal character to uh, to make drunk that you know is in play, or do you like do you have some other means? <laughs> Obviously, it's probably case by case, but do you prefer to poison uh, demons or minions or what? All right, there's two questions there. One, one about timing, and one about who to choose. Um, yeah, I think I would not be I would not be waiting until the second half of the game to use my ability as courtier. The chance the chance of you the chance of you living to the second half of the game. I I don't know what the odds are, but it's roughly fifty percent, and it's just I I don't think it's worth risking wasting your ability to have your ability have more of an effect. If if you think you can if you could think you can pull it off, uh, for example, you've got a deal with you're sitting next to a tea lady who who seems to be uh, protecting you, or you've got a deal with the innkeeper who's going to protect you every night um, until the night that you choose to use your ability so you don't get drunk from the innkeeper. Unless you've got a good reason to wait, I'd definitely be using your ability first third of the game because it's even if you get it wrong, at least you've taken one one character, usually an evil character, out of your calculations. Um, as for what character to pick, I'd, I'd look at the group. I'd look at the group and what everyone's claiming, um, because if you if you take a blind pick, chances are that character's that character isn't in play. Um, but Having having a look at the group, who's claiming what, spend a day or two to figure out uh, which which character which characters you think are in play or which characters you want to nullify. And basically, if you if you're going to choose if you're going to choose an evil character, uh, pay attention to who's who's dying at night, how many players are dying at night, who's surviving executions, and try to figure out which 
which evil character is in play and cross-reference that with which evil character you want to not be in play, to, to lose their ability the most. Yeah. So when you think, yeah, if you, you don't need to be certain if you get to the point where you're like, all right, I think, I think we've got, we don't seem to have a godfather. The devil's advocate hasn't, if there is a devil's advocate, they're dead or haven't um, used their ability effectively. We've had one death a night every night, so it's probably not an assassin. It might be an assassin. We probably have a mastermind, and the demon is either a zombie or a pooker. So there's three choices. Choose whichever character you want to nullify the most once you've got a good idea about what's probably in play. If you, if you wait too long to try to get that ideal character, you'll, it might work, but you, you're probably going to die before you get to use your ability. Yeah, I definitely like to think about what's going to be the most impactful. Like, if I'm using the ability early on, which I think I agree with you is typically... You're taking a big risk to wait until the later half of the game. But typically, if you're using the ability early on, a few very strong things you can do. Obviously, if you get the demon, uh, it's pretty hard for the evil team to cover that up, just because three nights is such a long time to go without deaths supplied by the demon. Um, like they, they might be able to get one death in there from, say, the assassin or the godfather. Um, but unless there are good players who are providing plausible other deaths, like Tinker yeah. or maybe Gossip or something, um, it, it's generally going to be pretty hard for the evil team to cover that up. So I would say as far as like my default strategy is to try to pick a demon, both because it's because it's very impactful and because it's also the sort of thing where like I think that I often have of the evil characters i have the best idea of the demon of the demon type and like minions could have been executed if a minion was executed the game continues but if the demon is executed typically the game ends so you can be fairly certain that you're at least attempting to target a character that is in play and alive whereas with a minion even if you guess the right one that's in play that might be dead so I, i think that like in general a demon's the safest choice if you're just going for nullifying an evil character but there are lots of situations where you wouldn't want to do that as well. One thing I, I pr- particularly like quite a bit is uh, choosing the devil's advocate because that makes it so that if any if anyone survives execution, if anyone survives execution, they're just like, you know, they're good now. Yeah, if if a player survives execution, you know they're good uh, because the only, other, the only other characters that can prevent an execution death are good. Um, but it's, yeah. it's even funnier when... If you choose the devil's advocate, um, and the devil's advocate keeps protecting the demon, and of course the mm. evil players <laughs> on the days that the, the demon's protected, the demon gets executed and the demon dies, and the the good the evil team has no idea. It's hilarious. Yes, <laughs> and, <laughs> like, and that what? is a great reason. <laughs> yeah, that is a great reason don't... to not tell anyone you're going to do it. <laughs> yeah. Well, I mean, I mean, that's. I think. I think I've even. I think I've even. No, I have seen a game. I can't remember who the player was. But I, yeah, I, I'm, I'm fairly certain I had a game in Sydney where a good, it might have been the courtier, pretended to have used their ability on the devil's advocate <laughs> just to see who the uh, evil players, uh, to see who is suddenly backtracking on who is um, <laughs> who's being nominated and who isn't. Oh, you know this? Yeah, this this was Evan. I remember this now. <laughs> uh, yeah, it's just constantly lying about using his ability um, on 
characters when he hadn't used his abilities at all. And, and it just it threw the evil team for a loop because they, they didn't... You don't know when you're drunk. Yeah. And so that they didn't they didn't know whether the devil's advocate was um, drunk or sober. They didn't know whether the mastermind was drunk or sober. They, they didn't know what was going on. <laughs> it was hilarious. There, there are so many evil strategies that just, like, the courtier interrupts them so well. Like getting your own demon executed because you think they're protected by the devil's advocate or getting them executed for the mastermind. The courtier is just so disruptive to both of those characters that oh, it's... the threat the threat of it is so powerful. Yeah. The threat of it is disruptive. The actual ability is disruptive and lying about your ability that you've used it when you haven't or that you haven't used it when you have is disruptive. Like evil, it's it's just... It's just awful. <laughs> it's, it's not nearly as it's not nearly as bad as I thought it would be. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> yeah. Um But yeah, you can always also also choose good characters as well. Like I've had right, yeah. I've had quite a few <laughs> quite a few instances. Did you want to move on to some interesting good character interactions or Yeah, so there's a few that are kind of like just like always somewhat good if you believe the characters in play like uh making the lunatic drunk is interesting uh because that would mean that the demon stops learning who the lunatic attacks and therefore the lunatic will have a much stronger hint that they are in fact the lunatic once you tell them that you've made them drunk so that can be that can be quite useful any outsider really uh outsiders are they have negative abilities so of course you want to get rid of those making making lunatic drunk is is interesting if you don't tell the lunatic uh as well because if if you've made a if you've made a lunatic drunk and they're still claiming to be the lunatic and I, I th- I think I might be the lunatic. I keep choosing players and they keep dying, but my minions, um, <laughs> my, my minions don't say that they're minions. You, you actually know that they're lying because they're drunk. The demon, yeah. if they were the lunatic, the demon wouldn't know who they're who they're picking unless the demon got really lucky. So, I've I've used something similar. I was in a in a game where Amy was. Uh, Amy was claiming to be the goon, and she said, as Amy is wont to do when she is evil, um, and sitting next to you, she'll lean over, whisper that she's evil, say that no one will ever believe you, <laughs> <laughs> um, and and then and then sit back and see what happens. And she had she had claimed to be the evil goon, and she said, "I'm the evil goon." No, no one's going to believe you. But <laughs> I think there's an, there's enough. The, the game's large enough. I'm not gonna I'm not gonna tell anyone else. I think I'll get turned. Uh, I think I'll probably end up um, as a good goon by the end of the game. But I just want you to know I'm evil, Steve. <laughs> <laughs> and I was I was the courtier, and I just I chose the goon that night, and I didn't say anything. And of course, courtier chooses the goon. Uh, the goon becomes good i become drunk because the goon has made me <laughs> drunk but i'm just i'm just waiting for i'm waiting for amy to say oh my god i turned good last night and that never happened so i knew she was evil so i there's lots of really interesting ways you can use the courtier not to just remove an ability but to actually test test to see if a good player is telling the truth yeah because there are there are good abilities that have like visible effects on the game to some extent and so, like, even though you normally can't tell when you're drunk or poisoned, there are actually characters in Bad Moon Rising that can kind of tell, like, like the goon. So, 
that's definitely a, a use of it. Yeah, there's 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 not as there's not as many as I would like, but there's there's a few interesting ones. Um, grandmothers. Yeah, I mean, grandmothers another good one. Uh, grandmothers an interesting one because choosing them later in the game prevents the death their death if the grandchild dies, and then they'll kind of know that like, oh, you chose them, and um, that's why they didn't die when their grandchild died at night. Uh, it's a the signal can get a little bit mixed because the demon the the they only die if the demon kills their grandchild. So if their grandchild died by some other means, then they don't necessarily know that it's you stopping that. Death. I think it's fine though. If if you have no if you've got no better option, you're saving a good player from dying, and that's useful. Yeah, no, it's definitely like it's not a bad choice. You don't have to guess that the the grandmother's in play. The grandmother's going to tell you, "Hey, I'm the grandmother." <laughs> um, so it's um, I, I think that I think that's quite useful. How about how about choosing the grandmother on the first night <laughs> before <not>? they <laughs> before they've learned their grandchild, and then they'll go up to their grandchild and they'll be like, "Hey, I know what you are. You're the such and such," and they'll be like, "No, I'm not," and then. They'll be like, what happened? And you, as the courtier, are like, guess what? I'm your grandchild now. Now you have confirmed that I'm in play. <laughs> uh, it doesn't actually work because you obviously just waste your ability if the grandmother isn't in play. But it would be really funny if it did work. <laughs> Blood, on, Blood, on, Blood on the Clock Tower is a game that is designed for many different styles of play. And I wouldn't want to, di- <laughs> I wouldn't want to dictate what is the right <laughs> style of play for your group. <laughs> so... If you want to do that, you are more than welcome to. I just, I just like I would... the image of it because it's like the courtier is turning the grandmother from confirming someone else into like sort of soft confirming them. And I don't know. It's just like they've stolen someone's grandmother and <laughs> I, I, yeah, I don't I know. Think... It's, I just, I, I find it interesting. <laughs> it's, it's. It's an inch. It's a, it's a potentially useful idea. I think that the grandmother isn't the best example of. Yeah. Um, I... Like, <laughs> if, if for example, like just hypothetically, I, I like to encourage players to talk to this to talk to the storyteller, particularly if I'm the storyteller, and just if you've got a very interesting idea, I'll help you. I won't break the rules of the game, but I'll I'll play along. For example. If you're the courtier in an in a game with the Undertaker from Trouble Brewing, and you come up to me and you say, "I I just have no clue who's evil and um, which evil characters are in, are in the game," I'd like to poison the Undertaker and just see what they get. And you, as the storyteller, are now dealing. Sorry, poisoned. I made the same mistake. You, as the storyteller, now have a drunk Undertaker, and Having a drunk undertaker doesn't necessarily mean that you should screw over the good team as much as possible because you have a you have a good player deliberately using their ability in a way that requires your cooperation as a storyteller. So what what you might do in that instance as a storyteller is show a completely ridiculous character for a con- for a confirmed good player. So <laughs> like show the undertaker let's... the undertaker. <laughs> show the undertaker the undertaker or show if the if the virgin was executed show uh, the drunk or show the mayor or show the show the poe or something like that and that will that will cause 
that 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 would cause that would cause a lot of confusion. It doesn't make sense. Oh my god! But why doesn't it make sense? Oh, it doesn't make sense because hey, I'm the courtier and I poisoned you because I wanted to I wanted to see what you said. And if you said that that dead virgin was actually a virgin, or if you said that if if, if you if you if you said the obvious thing, then I know that you're lying. So again, again, it's um it's a it's a very versatile character, but it's one that. Yeah, I guess I guess you're encouraged to let in strange situations you can just let the storyteller know, "Hey, I want to do this weird thing. What would happen if I made the fortune teller drunk? What would happen if I made the empath drunk? Mm-hmm. What what would happen if I made uh, for example, I'm uh, the gossip drunk. I don't think we can afford a death a death tonight. I think this gossip is yeah. going like way overboard. So, I just letting you know, uh Mr. Storyteller, that I I do actually mean to choose the gossip, and I'm not choosing something else. <laughs> so it's um there's 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 just a a lot you can do with the with the courtier if you're paying attention to which characters are in the game and what needs to happen. There was a there was a game where I was the gambler, and I forget exactly what series of events led up to this, but for some reason I was just like very suspicious. And we executed someone during the day who wasn't me, but everyone was pretty much just convinced that I, I had to be executed next. And so I told everyone, I was like, look, that's fine, but I'm just going to save you the trouble. So that, like, I don't know, maybe even if you think I'm like Zombul or something and you want to kill me again, do it. But I'm just going to save you the trouble of at least killing me once and I'm going to get myself killed in the night by gambling on myself as something other than the gambler. And I announced this. And then I did. I, I gambled on myself as like the mastermind or something. And in the morning, I was alive. And <laughs> I was so shocked at this. Uh, and it turns out there was a courtier who yep. had chosen the gambler because they knew that I was, gonna, I was going to be trying to kill myself. And so they saved my life. And I think due to the amount of genuine confusion I was displaying, they were fairly certain that I wasn't doing some weird bluff. And yeah. I, th- I think yeah. that came across to the other players as well because I was like, how, how am I alive? <laughs> and... <laughs> that just kind of set up like a little circle of trust between me and the courtier. And it kind of made it so that I went from being very distrusted to being fairly trusted after being quite genuinely confused. <laughs> yeah. I'm, that's a, I have not seen anything of that caliber uh, <laughs> in my, in my, I was so impressed. Games. Yeah. It's brilliant, dude. <laughs> like, um, I haven't, I haven't, I I don't think I've I don't think I've encountered good players that really seek out the courtier to to pull that kind of sh- can I swear <laughs> on your podcast to pull that kind to pull that kind of shit. I'll allow it. <laughs> I'm gonna say, I'm I'm gonna say again to pull to engage in that level of shenanigans and you can edit out <laughs> you can edit out one or both of those uh those comments. But no, that's re- that's that's really clever. Yeah, I, actually, I really like that play. <laughs> It, it it had to be a very specific circumstance where I was so convinced that everyone was just going to execute me next that I was like, I don't want them to have to execute me any more times than they need to. <laughs> and because otherwise, like the gambler's usually not going to do that. Uh, but yeah, and then the courtier saw that and they took the initiative and it was hilarious, if nothing else. Yeah, but, uh, I think also quite effective. Yeah. <laughs> you could do that as... um. I've, I've, yeah, I've seen, I've seen stuff like that happen with Tinker and Moon, Moonchild, where the, uh, the Tinker, the Tinker has, has basically said, look, you choose me so that the storyteller can't kill me. 
and only the meanest uh, of storytellers would kill the tinker between that comment and when the when the courtier chose the tinker with, their abil- <laughs> uh, with the courtier ability. But you can, yeah, you can prevent the tinker from dying, um, or you can prevent the moonchild from killing a player. Uh, both both of those characters are usually quite public. Um, but yeah, yeah, I hadn't um, I hadn't considered uh, characters like Gambler. There's probably a few others that might do something yeah, similar. Yeah, um, I can think of like so some of the others are more situational. Like Innkeeper could see that you've affected them if they protect someone and that person dies anyway. But that relies on them getting a little bit lucky, and also you taking the innkeeper ability out of the game, which is questionable. <laughs> yeah, I think there's probably a few edge, probably a few edge cases where that might be beneficial. But I, I would not be a happy innkeeper in that game. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, I agree. <laughs> what the hell are you um, doing? <laughs> <laughs> yeah, it's there are certainly some good characters who have a visible effect like that, and making them drunk does like confirm to them that you exist i don't think it's very often that it's worth removing their ability though yeah i I would i would tend to agree with that i think there are certain certain situations um but um i think i think i had something weird where the the gossip was the gossip was making public statements that only the storyteller knew the correct answer to the gossip was Mm. saying uh i gossip that i have two sisters or you know i gossiped that i had this for breakfast or something like that and of course the the storyteller was uh aware of the correct answers because of the relationship with the player uh, but nobody else was and i think they were i don't know what the plan was there was actually something clever to it um but i i imagine that in i've had a few games where i've had an over an overzealous gossip uh, that the players kind of just want to <laughs> just want to shut up, or a, um, a too many good characters that can possibly cause a death at night. So I think as a last ditch effort, you can just choose one of those good characters, prevent the death at night, and play for another day uh, instead of uh, particularly if you've got something like a Poe uh, that um, is potentially killing three players and two or three from good players. And that's a game over. If you've got a particularly nasty, uh, if you've let's not no no storyteller is nasty. That's the long the wrong word. Storytellers are calculatingly <laughs> unfair. <laughs> um, and if you've yeah if you've if you're if you're worried that uh, tonight may be the last night, then just then just choose, choosing a good player that can kill accidentally and taking them out of the game. Um, I think it's worth it. Yeah, I, I think that certainly could be uh, could be something useful. It's it's the sort of thing where you might want to just try to talk talk the uh, gambler or the gossip out of <laughs> out of gossiping. Uh, yeah, yeah. Uh, I mean, that's that would be the first that, line of defense. <laughs> that's that's the easy way. But um, like I just I just wrote the riot uh, wiki entry, and my my yeah. my uh, advice for the good team is. If you know riots in play, just just don't nominate. <laughs> don't nominate on the first day. Don't don't nominate on the second. Just wait till the third day. Um, and my advice for the evil players is nominate as soon as possible. And of course, <laughs> what is what is best strategy and what is irresistible when you're in the shoes of that particular character <laughs> um, are two different are two different things. So. 
All right. I'm Let's ha- move yeah, on to section two on. now. Awesome. Yeah, bluffing as the courtier. I think this is a great bluff. <laughs> it's oh, it's 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 the best. It's such it's, a good bluff. It's really fun. It's first of all, it's just a great excuse for other things that might out the demon. Is if you're saying that you just hit the demon, you kind of alluded to this earlier. If the exorcist hits the demon and there's no deaths in the night, the courtier saying, "Oh well, I yeah. poisoned or drunk so and so last night," yeah. can really throw throw the good team off the scent of that. Yeah, it's um the only yeah, the it's 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 a great bluff. It's a great bluff to come out early and use your ability early and claim to have flubbed it. It's a great bluff to uh come out as courtier when there was an unusual amount of deaths at night. Um it's a a great bluff to have as a backup bluff if you've if you're claiming you're claiming to be that gossip and then all of a sudden, you another another gossip comes up, and then just backing up and saying, "Actually, I'm just the courtier trying to hide what I'm doing." Um, there's there's just and the good the good team wants to keep you alive because you're such a you're such you're such a threat to the you're such a threat to the evil team. You have you have so much potential that you will probably squander, but um, you have you have so much potential that the good team will just leave you alone until you, it, not. Until you use your ability, and then for three days after you've used your ability, if it looks yeah. like, if it looks like it's worked, if it looks like it doesn't, if it looks like it doesn't work, you might be in some trouble. But if it looks like it's worked, you're you're pretty golden. It's it could be really like quite effective if you combo with like Poe or something. Uh, oh yeah, it's like someone on the evil team's bluffing courtier. They've made some some evil character drunk supposedly with the demon and then there's no deaths and then there's like four deaths the next night <laughs> yeah yeah it, you can you can save yourself that time everyone kind of takes it breathes a sigh of relief and they're like okay we don't have to execute someone today maybe we can like double tap a dead character or something because we have time uh but it turns out they don't have time <laughs> yeah it's um it's it's something you're going to need to coordinate either either you claim to be a character that prevents that prevents deaths or one of your one of your minions does but like as as i said before it's it's even it's still a good bluff for a uh for a good character um yeah just i i, I want to see a game with with every single player bluffing courtier <laughs> um, yeah no so as as a storyteller i'll pretty much i'll give courtier as a bluff a lot more often than uh than i probably should yeah it's it's a really fun one um, do you have any uh, wild, wild and crazy stories about uh, about a courtier bluff that went beautifully, beautifully wonderful or horrendously awful? I'm not sure I can think of any off the top of my head of a courtier bluffing. I've had more crazy situations with the courtier actually being in play. Yeah, with bluffs, I can't think of one off the top of my head to be honest. Do you? <laughs> oh, the first thing that the first thing that came to mind was the 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 one that Evan did when he was he was. I can't. It was a bluff so effective that I can't remember the actual truth. I can just remember the confusion because I was confused as a storyteller when he was saying that he had made the um, devil's advocate drunk, and then he was saying that he had made the um, mastermind drunk. <laughs> and I, I think I I took him aside. This is this is a long time ago, so the the details are vague. But I'm pretty sure I took him aside and said, "Just so you know, like when I woke you, you, you didn't use your abilities." Like, yeah, I know, I know. I'm just, I'm, I'm just, um, 
I'm, I'm just stressing <laughs> out. I'm stressing out the evil team. <laughs> <laughs> or you know, just if if they think that the um, the devil's advocate is drunk, when the mastermind is when when the devil's advocate isn't drunk and the mastermind is drunk, then they're going to have a shock when they execute the demon. The um, yeah. So yeah, it's it, oh, it's just terrifying. The um the original courtier was what was the wording uh, let's just have a look once yeah once per game at night choose a character they are drunk three, <laughs> that's it no three nights and three days they are drunk for the rest of the game and original courtier was terrifying like it was just ridiculous we had this um uh, i can't remember which demon i was i guess it's not important Oh no, I wasn't the demon. Um Julie Julie was the demon. I was the devil's advocate. Julie was the demon who was claiming to be the sailor. And there was about eight players left alive and Phil who um you have uh, probably seen in the 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 big 3 playthrough videos. Phil was the courtier and Phil had Whatever the whatever demon Julie was, Phil had chosen that particular demon as courtier, and Julie was drunk for the rest of the game. And there was like seven or eight players left, and like we were so screwed. Um, and like night after night after night, no death, no death, no death. So not only not only was there no death at at night, so we had no, we had no means to kill. I'm the devil's advocate. I can't kill the demon's drunk. She can't kill. But the courtier is one, like basically one hundred percent confirmed as a, as a yeah. as a good player because they've just given this gift to the town, and Julie and I concocted this plan where she would bluff as the sailor <laughs> and campaign for her own execution, and I was the devil's advocate and I would protect her on the day that she was campaigning, and. We had uh, a player, Abdullah, who was a good player, who was onto this plan, and he he said, "All right, I think this is really good because we have we have a we have a this is a really excellent idea. We have a uh, we have a courtier who seems to be like one hundred percent confirmed because there are no deaths at night, and it would be a silly play for evil to have just no deaths at night, night after night after night. And we have a player claiming to be the sailor. If we can confirm that the sailor is the sailor." That gives us, when we get down to three players, we execute whoever is the remaining player, and it can be me if you want, and we win the game. And I said, yeah, this is an excellent plan. And um, and then Adela says, but with one caveat, I get to choose <laughs> which day we execute the, the sailor. The sailor doesn't get to choose in case there's a devil's advocate. And I'm like, oh my God, this is this is just putting the biggest spoke in the wheel. And so every night I was just choosing dead players, dead players, dead players. I think Abdullah's going to go for it today. I'll choose Julie today and protect her. And that was the day that <laughs> that was the day that Ab- Abdullah went for Julie. Julie survived, and she didn't know she was protected because Abdullah was watching the two of us like a hawk. And so I just had to guess. And Julie, Julie, <laughs> I've never, I've never seen Julie so stressed. Like I mean, like, but like a good stress. <laughs> and I, th- I think I might have, I saved her at least twice maybe three times and it was like i just had to wait day day after day with one player sometimes no players dying by execution 
No players dying at night. I think we're going to execute the demon today. And we ended up... Phil nearly, Phil nearly lost his mind. We got down to three players and he was like, my God, how is this game continuing? Um, and we ended, we ended up winning that game uh, as the evil team. It was, <laughs> wow. Like, it was just... It was one of the best, most exciting, most satisfying victories because every day we didn't know whether the good team was going to turn on the sailor to test the sailor again. <laughs> and, and yeah, that original, that was the original courtier. And that was, that was the game that made me think, yeah, <laughs> this needs to be <laughs> a little. So it's, it's still crazy powerful three nights and three days. So if, if you can get to that point where um, you can get to the final day with a, with a drunk demon, it's, it's almost a guaranteed win, but you've got to get to that point beforehand. So the, the three nights and three days thing kind of makes it bluffable. Like you were saying that in that situation, it's like, oh, there's no way the demon just refuses to kill for all of these days in a row. It is That's, possible for the demon yeah. to refuse to kill three days in a row. <laughs> yes, that is. If if you're bluffing, if you're bluffing as courtier, you need to be, and you're. And you are a, a demon that you think the good team is going to figure out is in play. You ha- you have to you have to prepare for that eventuality of literally giving up three nights of death. You don't have to do it, but you have to at least be prepared for it. And it's it's just it's agonizing sitting sitting there and and not killing not killing for three nights just to make yourself look good. The good thing is. The good team probably won't execute you during that time, because like they don't want to stop the courtier's ability from, uh, from you know preventing the kills. So even if they end up not believing you later, there's a pretty good chance you're going to survive during that period. Yeah, and but, they'll just like yeah. like they'll kill people for you to some extent. So it's not. I, I feel like I feel like it's not that bad. It seems really bad, but I feel yeah. like it's kind of not. It's it's a smart. It's a, it's a smart play strategically and in terms of the odds, but it's a difficult uh, on a on a sort of social personal level. It's it, it's it's difficult to to avoid just pulling the trigger on that third night or um or just just cracking under the pressure. <laughs> um, <laughs> Yeah, it's I mean, um, like maybe you can maybe you can even sneak a kill in there or something. Like like one kill won't be suspicious. Maybe they'll think there was for some other reason. <laughs> <laughs> like like they'll think this is like a this is like a desperate play from the assassin trying to make it look yeah. like the demon isn't drunk. Yeah. Uh, <laughs> yeah, something like that. It's um it's not as it's not as bad if you're the Pope because you can spend the the third night uh not killing and charging up. It might be awful suspicious though, when as soon as the three knights are up, it's like dead, dead, dead. <laughs> Even if they are actually poisoned by the courtier, they can still charge on the last night of it. So actually, I guess it wouldn't necessarily be that suspicious that there's suddenly three, three kills after, uh, after the three nights, as long as you, as long as the the demon you claim to have poisoned was Poe. Another, another. I mean, this is off topic, but another great Poe strategy is just killing, killing one player a night, one or zero players a night until there's enough, and then just uh, enough for you to just gobble all up on the final night. So, um, Poe at if you're the Poe, though, and you have uh, you, you need to be very aware of the courtier because as soon as soon as you get that triple kill, if there's a courtier in play that has uh, that has not used their ability yet, you can be pretty sure they're choosing the Poe that very night. So I'd be uh, 
I'd, I'd be very, I'd be exceptionally wary of the courtier. If you're, <laughs> yeah. if, you're, if you're one of the other demons, you can sort of, your normal mode of operation hides yourself from the Poe. You can, from the courtier, you can hide if you're the Poe, but it's, it is something you need to be aware of. Yeah, that makes sense. Um, I don't really, I don't really have anything else to say about bluffing as the courtier. I think it's a really good bluff. I think there's, it's really flexible. Um, I think the, um, the the biggest thing the biggest thing for bluffing as as courtier is deciding whether or not you're going to tell the group that your ability worked, mm. um, or uh, sorry, when it worked, I mean you chose an in play character, or right. deciding to tell the uh, the group that your that are uh, that your ability didn't seem doesn't seem to have worked, and they're they're very mm-hmm. different strategies when you're bluffing as courtier. That's probably the big decision. Uh, do you want to move on then to running the court here as storyteller? Last section here. Uh, so there's uh, not you don't really make a choice as the storyteller uh, when the courtier is using their ability, but we can talk about like putting it into the game and and the thinking of what sort of games might develop if you put a courtier into it. Uh, I think I think it is interesting from that perspective because it is the sort of character where it's like this might have a very big effect on the game. Or it might not have a huge effect on the game. But either of those are going to be a re- as a result of kind of like the the competence with, with which the courtier plays the game. So it's not like it's not like the game is just suddenly going to be very swingy for no reason. It's going to be for the reason of the courtier making a good or a bad choice. So yeah, overall, I've, I've, I find that it's one of the characters that I tend to put into Bad Moon Rising the most often. Just because it always kind of feels like it's, it fits in. Do, do you do it for game purposes or just because it's fun just because it's fun yeah, yeah. Right. <laughs> because it's fun and it, be, because it's fun and i don't really see a problem with putting it in all the time like there are some characters where it's like if everyone knows i put this in all the time like it could become like i don't know it could just like make the game slightly less fun with courtier i, I feel like that's never a good problem <laughs> yeah i think i think you probably i'm pretty much of a similar opinion i, th- I think you're pretty fine as if you have a twenty-player game where you have decided to put in a zombie, I probably <laughs> wouldn't put in a courtier, <laughs> um, just because um, I, I, I like games that are under under five hours. Uh, I like games that are under 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 two hours. But um, <laughs> it's yeah. I, th- I think the the only real the only real consideration I think is is game length. Um, yeah. If, if you're, if you're, if you're, if you're, I mean, just putting a courtier in, assume that the courtier is going to get the demon and then ask yourself, am I, am I okay with the game lasting an extra couple of nights? And if you're like, yeah, that's, that's fine. We've, we've got all the time in the world, bung it in and see what happens. And if you're, if you're after a half hour game and you have to be out of the venue by a certain time, then courtier is probably not the best character to put in. Or at, or at least com- combine it with characters to make the courtier's job as difficult as possible, so that they, mm-hmm. um, so that they c- they don't just guess the demon out of the gate. Yeah, I, I think this actually brings up something that is another consideration for the storyteller, which is like the length of the days during the game when the courtier has successfully hit their target. Length of the day. What what, what do you mean by length of the day? I think do you mean that like the nights. So so like. No, like the, like the day period 
like just the amount of time you're allowing for discussion before you kind of call everyone back for executions. Um, how, how does how does courtier influence that? So it's not necessarily the courtier specifically, but something that I have found with Bad Moon Rising is that a lot of the times when I've had a game that's going on for many days, uh, I'm often inclined to just like start making the days quite short and have and like I, I found that the players often want that because a lot of the times it's like we've decided we're going to make this execution to get some information. We expect this this execution to yield some information to us. And then the players just want to get to the execution. And the courtier can kind of can influence that where if they do extend the game and it, it makes the game like three days longer, whether it's a real courtier or uh, a bluffed right, courtier. Yeah. Uh sure. it's just like in general, the later days I I, I feel like like there are a lot of like like new new storytellers might be inclined to you know like run every day on a timer and uh, make sure every day is however long, but it's just like there are I think there are there are times in Bad Moon Rising when it's just like ah oh, the game's been going on long enough the players have kind of <laughs> like the players have have formed their factions like they aren't getting that much out of the longer day period um, and the, and they aren't going to be changing anything until they see the results of this execution. Um, yeah, I, I'm I'm following I'm following what you mean now, and I I I do think that that's a uh, that's a factor, uh, particularly in um particularly in Badman Rising, um, the I'm I'm, just, I'm I was just going to repeat exactly what you said, but yeah, getting getting to the getting to the execution point is is quicker because the execution gives you your information. So yeah, yeah, uh, and I. It doesn't directly relate to the courtier, but it's like the courtier could be a factor in in that happening. Um, no, I think I think um, I think it um, has a. It's not a problem. It's a. Uh, I don't know, it's just something I've noticed in terms of day length. That what what usually happens is, uh, and pa- pa- particularly with uh, newer players, um, is the first day of a game. Uh, tends to be the, lo- the longest day of the game and the because there's people are sharing their characters people are sharing their information there's always something extra to talk about the evil players are figuring out their strategies the good players are figuring out their strategies coming in as the storyteller and cutting that day short you, f- you feel like it, you feel like you're doing a disservice to the group mm-hmm. uh, whereas the later the later game but the later uh, days in the game tend to be a little bit quicker because, in sure, new information is coming out night by night, but you don't have that typically large dump at the beginning of the game. It's different in Badman Rising, and the final day is quite is usually quite long because everything everything is on the table and an important decision needs to be made. And mm-hmm. I think in um in Badman Rising that tends to be reversed a little. Um, where yeah. the beginning of the game, the beginning of the game, the good players don't really have much, and they get more and more information as the game goes on. So what I what I usually do as a storyteller is I usually cut the the first day a little bit shorter, and I just say to the players, "All right, I'm calling for nominations now. Um, you can continue to talk. Um, I'm I'm running. I'm making the first day a little bit uh, the first day or the first two days a little bit shorter. There will be." a ton of time to talk about whatever you want to talk about as the game progresses. Yeah. Um, and I generally keep the days the same length, but when you, when you have an unexpected three days and nothing new is really coming out because you've got a poison demon, 
um, yeah, I reckon just as a storyteller, just judge the judge the group, and if the group wants, if there isn't a lot of conversation, they seem to be, or they seem to be going over the same topics, or have already made up their mind about who they want to kill or save, then then you can have some pretty quick, uh, pretty quick three days. So that might be a good strategy for when you're bluffing as the courtier, and uh, hey, it's obvious that you just say it's obvious. It's I'm the courtier. It's obvious that we got the demon. Uh, we can just we can just have we can just have three quick executions. I nominate that guy. So <laughs> nice. So as, as, yeah. long as, as long as the players are having fun. So. What do you think of that like day length model that you just described for like not for Bad Moon Rising specifically, but like for the uh, for other games? Do you think that's a like decent model for the game, or do you think the, the days should generally be like the same length and maybe cut people off a little bit before they're ready on the first day? Uh, I usually. Um, yeah, what you don't want is a first day that goes for an hour and then four other days that go for three minutes each. Um, I mean, that's an extreme example that you'll probably never face, but that's, that's just not as, that's just not as fun. Um, generally I like to keep the days the, the same length and if, if people, if you're, if the players are... If the players are talking and interacting and having fun, and everyone's engaged, um, just keep the day keep the day going longer because that that's where the fun is. Um, and I usually I usually call nominations when that peak has just reached. It's not at the point where everyone's sitting around silently waiting for the storyteller. It's more that the peak of the peak of the conversation is over and players are winding down a little bit, and then I'll call for nominations. And that means that the energy the energy is high for um, the for the nomination phase, and it also means that the players have something to talk about tomorrow. Um, if if the if the players feel like time time is of the essence, and and they didn't get to talk, they didn't get to say what they really wanted to say yesterday. As soon as the next day happens, they'll be up and talking to that player. Um, as soon as possible, um, as opposed to saying everything that they want to say one day and then sitting there with nothing left to say on the next day. But um, yeah, I think, I think that's, it's I think you just got to follow your intuition and do it when you think is best. Yeah, definitely. Uh, one thing I've been playing with slightly recently, and now we're like totally off the off the topic of the quarter, yeah, yeah, but uh, it's not. I don't get to talk to you all the time, so. Uh, <laughs> Um, one thing I've been playing with just a little bit is just cutting off the days like slightly earlier than I normally do. Um, especially on that first day, because like, like you said, there is so much to talk about on the first day. I've kind of found that that helps like accelerate into the rest of the game a little bit, just sometimes as like, if people have things that they wanted to say on the first day, but they didn't get a chance to, uh, like you were saying, they'll just jump up on that next day and be so much more excited to talk about it. So, so I've personally found that, like, I think early on when I, I used to storytell, I would probably let the days go on too long, and I've started to do it more like how you were saying, where, like, I try to pick the point where people are starting to come back on their own, but I'm still going to leave people with a little bit they wanted to do during the day. <laughs> yeah, like, it's it's kind of like the what is the old show business ma- ma- uh, maxim, keep keep them wanting more. So if you if, yeah. if, if your show ends and you're... Uh, your audience wants more, then that's that's great. Um, you, you don't want to you don't want to keep the, the show going so long that people start to walk out. 
Um, <laughs> a lot often another reason that I keep I usually keep the first two days quicker is if you sometimes you sometimes you get players that um, sort of mentally check out either after they die or after they have used their ability and they're just or they've got their one player in mind that they want to use their dead vote token on and they're just waiting for that final day if you've got a excuse me if you've got a uh, a, a relatively a relatively quick first second third day you can always make that final day as long as you want like I've, we've had some final days that have gone up for up to an hour because the conversation was so interesting and so back and forth and new information kept coming out and that really long final day was really 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 fun and everyone was engaged and if you've got those if you've got short 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 days in the first half of the game you always have the option to go longer but if you've got if you have longer days in the first half of the game um you you may end up feeling a little bit of uh, pressure to make the last day shorter if you do have a couple of players that have uh that have checked out or um, have already made up their minds on who they're going to vote. So it's it's a, it's also about just giving yourself options as a storyteller. But the, yeah. the, really the number one rule is for for ending the day is, I mean, if you've, if you've, unless you have to be out of, the, out of wherever you're playing in a particular time, <laughs> in, which case, in which case seriously use the fiddler, it, it works, um, is, is, just, is just look at your players and if your players are having fun and are really, really engaged, just let them, let them be and let them have fun and don't, don't, don't interrupt them just because you've got an idea of the, oh, the day should end now. Um, because, you know, why, why stop people having fun? But, uh, cool. Yeah, definitely. Yeah, and then and then all of that advice goes completely out the window when the courtier hits the demon, and you <laughs> you've got another three days <laughs> with nothing to say. <laughs> so yeah, yeah, no, it was totally on topic all all that time. Yeah, that that was it. Was all one sentence? That was the end of the sentence. <laughs> um. <laughs> So, All right. Something, um, yeah. No, actually, do, you, do you have any I, other I did, things you wanted to say about the courtier? No, just just on the topic of sort of running the courtier as storyteller. I don't know if do you do um, do you, do you talk about um, custom games on this podcast, or do you prefer to keep it just to? Uh, we mention them from time to time. <laughs> In general, we keep it mostly to Batman Rising. But if you got if you got something you want to talk about with that then absolutely oh yeah just the there are quite a few characters in badman rising that need to be treated with care when you're creating a custom game and the courtier is probably the top of the list um if you if you're making a making a custom script um i'd really recommend uh, putting putting demons that camouflage each other or putting minions that cam and putting minions that camouflage each other if you've uh, if you've got a courtier on the script and your demons are the uh, the imp the poe riot and leviathan the the players will very very quickly figure out which demon is in play and the obvious obvious choice for the courtier at that point is to, yeah. cho- to choose the obvious demon to nullify it it um it's much much more fun for particularly the evil team but also f- also for the good team um to 
make it as difficult as possible for the courtier to figure out which evil characters are in the game and which aren't. So if if you're if you're designing a custom script and you want to put the courtier in, that's something something to think about. Um, the other the other way to go is to have all all very obvious characters, uh, and if you've got a large game and so mm. that the courtier just knows exactly uh, that knows exactly which four evil characters are in play, but they're all equally good picks. Um, but generally speaking, you want to make things difficult for the courtier because that's uh, sorry. As a storyteller, you want to make things difficult for the courtier uh, to choose who to pick because that's just more fun for everybody. Yeah. Do you know the uh, script "Race to the Bottom"? Have you seen that one? <laughs> I have heard of it. I I've never played it. What, what's, what's I've in played it? it a couple times. It's a it's a Teensyville. It's kind of designed to be like a game that resolves in one day. You play it with the Doomsayer. Oh um, great! <laughs> <laughs> I, yeah, it's a courtier, a Teensyville courtier Doomsayer game. Yeah, great. It's, tell me, tell me all about it's, it. Yeah, it's, it's got courtier, and the the Vortox is the only demon. Uh, and it just, it works. I think that works pretty well because you've got the courtier who's like, yeah, I'm the courtier. I poisoned, or I, I made the Vortox drunk. So all of your information is true. And we also don't even have to, ex- like, like the game's not going to be over that fast. We can afford to just wait. And nobody has any idea if they should believe them or not. <laughs> I love it. Perfect. And yes, I'm, I'm not going to tell anyone how how to play their own games. <laughs> <laughs> that 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 sounds that sounds that sounds very very fun with the right group of people. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> no, I I actually genuinely though I um sorry genuinely though I um I I do like those weird those weird short games where you you just sort of look at the script and try to figure out what what the hell is going on. <laughs> um, so yeah, go for it if you uh you want to put courtier in a uh, teen civil game. I'd. Uh, <laughs> I'd I'd give it some I'd give it some thought. Yeah, it's it's a cool character. You can do lots of fun stuff with it. Uh, yeah, I think I think it's it's probably going to be one of those characters that I may be wrong, but it might end up with a few more jinxes than I'd like it to have. Just with I think with with two hundred and fifty characters, um, all com- all combining in weird and interesting ways. I think there's probably going to be a few a few rorts that we haven't uh, figured out for the courtier uh, down the track. I but mean, that's kind of fun figuring out those rorts when you're when you're <laughs> playing the game and you figure it out in real time. But uh, we'll see. Yeah, I mean, you you just released the riot, so it seems you aren't afraid of jinxes, right? Uh- <laughs> oh yeah, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> no, yeah, riot, riot is the character. Yeah, that's just a. <laughs> that's, a, that's a mess. It's it's a fun mess, but that's a that's a mess of a character. Um, <laughs> but I, I I couldn't resist it. Uh, it's 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 just it's too fun to not to not do. So. <laughs> All right. Um, I think that about brings us to the end of the show. Um, thank you so much for being on again, oh, Stephen. It's, it's it's always a pleasure coming on. Well, thank you everyone for listening. We'll be back with another episode in another couple weeks here. Uh, Until then, thanks for listening. Talk to you later. You want to say, like, bye or something for me to throw in the band? (laughs) Yeah. (laughs) (laughs) No, I just just got the vibe that that was the end.
Um, thanks, thanks for having I mean, me you... on the show. I'll, I'll uh, hopefully come back. Oh no, no, this this will be the last bummer. Well, thank you for having well, me on the show. For you never one, know what what will happen. <laughs> I will see, but if 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 I don't if I don't come back, thank you for having me on the show for the first three editions. And if we do end up doing uh, another show, that would that would be sweet. I look forward to it. Awesome. Thanks so much.